Mario Kart is probably the most stress-inducing game around. You know the, the beeping of the countdown timer as it goes from three, two, one, the race begins. And then there's the crazy upbeat music and here I am holding my makeshift steering wheel, pushing at every and any button that I can while trying not to crash Princess Peach into a wall. The lights are flashing, there's mushrooms and bananas jumping out at me, lightning bolts and bullets are sending my pink Hot Wheels uncontrollably into spins. And did I mention the crazy music? Well, it doesn't bring out the best in me. My blood pressure rises and I freak out. Ooh, I, I really do. I yell at everything that comes at me. I blame everyone that's ahead of me. And then I hear, Aunt Eva, Aunt Eva. I'm like, what, what, what's going on? Turn your car around, you're going the wrong way. <laughs> For a long time. Well, not only am I now in last place, but I've ruined the fun for my opponent, who was too busy watching my bad driving skills attempting to correct me. If I knew what I was doing, things would be different. If I knew which buttons to push and what to do, that would be helpful. Having someone take the time to teach me and be patient with me, giving me tips and guidelines, that would make me a better driver and a better player. Well, thank goodness there aren't mushrooms and bananas jumping out at us in real life. But there are many other things that can make us lose control, sending us into spins, causing us anxiety. The loss of a job, financial problems, grief, loneliness, marriage issues, friendship issues, family drama. There are even church issues amongst God's family, amongst the people we call our brothers and sisters in Christ. The church service is too long. No, it's too short. My version of the Bible is better than your version. Old hymns versus modern songs, masking or no masking. Those young families have noisy children and they just don't know how to take care of them. We're spending too much money in that one ministry. How do we handle ourselves in these when these situations arise? Do we freak out while trying to grab the steering wheel and take control? Do we yell at everything that comes at us? Do we blame everyone around us? Do we find ourselves going in the wrong direction, dragging others down with us? How is our walk? Well, as we look at chapter four, the Apostle Paul urges us to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Meaning, we are to walk worthy not perfect, but worthy. We are to live like Christ Jesus. We are called to reflect the character and heart of Jesus. We have a purpose and we, and as we walk worthy, we are to do so as it says in verse three, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. But he doesn't stop there. He continues to say that we are to be eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Before we look more into how our walk should be and what this all means, let me just pray for us. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and for the opportunity to study it together this morning here. We pray that you open up our eyes to what we read, our ears to what we hear, and our hearts to understand so that we can take your truths and apply them to our lives as we learn to walk in your ways. 
Be with us now, helping me as I share this morning. May you speak through me. May all this be of you and none of me. And I pray this in Christ's name. Amen. <clears throat> Excuse me. The last few weeks, we studied and completed chapters 1 to 3. And here we saw Paul exploring the gospel, reminding us of the good news of what God has done in Christ, the spiritual blessings we have in Christ, how we've been saved by grace through faith, who we are in Christ, and for us to know the love that Christ has for all people, Jews and Gentiles. Chapters 1 and 3 are an encouragement for us, reminding us what Christ has done for us, what he has done in us, and how he has given us a new life and a new family. We saw God's love, his plan, his blessings. And now, in obedience, with gratitude, because we have this new life in him, we are now to walk in a manner worthy of the calling. In chapter four, Paul, as he is imprisoned, his mission in life to proclaim Christ even continues there. So even while Paul is in prison, Paul now gives practical ways how the believers in the Ephesus church should live by what they know, how to live in light of all of God's blessings. So if you look on the board behind me here, you'll see chapters one to three, are about doctrine, how we are made worthy. And chapter four, application, how we are to walk worthy. And then over there, at the, it's broken up into four, four sections that we'll be looking at. Um, the first section is his power in us, which is just the tail end of chapter three, verses 20 to 21. The second part is, the second section is walk worthy, uh, verses 1 to 3 in chapter 4, oneness, verses 4 to 6, and build each other up at the end, 8 to 16. So if you like my little picture here, my little bridge, you like that? Yeah, thanks. So Paul bridges chapter 3 and 4 together with the word, therefore. All those things we read about before chapter 4, because you are in Christ, because of who you are, because of what Christ has done for you and what he has given you and what he has promised you, therefore, chapter four, this is how you should live, in unity building each other up. We were talking about this around our group. It sounds great, but can we do it? Walk worthy, live in unity, build each other up. We start to doubt ourselves, we doubt others, Rightly so, we're human, we're sinners, we're weak, we mess up. We don't always say or do the right thing. We don't always agree, or we don't always want to agree, but we have to realize this. We can't do this in our own strength. All this is only capable of being done through God's strength. Chapter three, verse 20 reminds us that the Holy Spirit's power is in us. The Holy Spirit works in and through believers to accomplish his will. His power leads us, convicts us, teaches us, and equips us to do his work. His power in us. We were reminded of this in chapter 1, how the same power that raised Christ from the dead, this power lives in those who believe in him. How awesome is that? So we can now take this power and walk worthy. Walk with all humility, walk in gentleness, walk with patience, walk bearing with one another in love. And we can do it, but only with his power. 
He helps us to be humble, to think of others' needs when we, all we really want is just some me time. He helps us to be gentle and to be patient, slow to anger, even when we're trying to get dinner ready, help with homework, clean up the spills, and then the doorbell rings and it's your best friend needing a shoulder to cry on. He helps us to bear with one another in love. Yes, we're to put up with each other. Even that person who drives us crazy because they just won't stop talking. Or we just find them plain annoying. Does this mean we're perfect and sinless and we won't fail? Does this mean conflicts can't arise? No, we will fall down. We will fail time and time again. But we need each other. We need grace and we need to help each other up and walk together again, maintaining the unity that God has given us. So we need to think, how is our walk? Are we gentle? Are we patient, loving? Do we bear with one another? If we're honest, we'll say that it takes some effort and that some people are easier to bear than others and some people's situations are harder to bear than others. In the Enduring Word Bible Commentary, David Gusick says this, We don't walk worthy so that God will love us. We walk worthy because he does love us. If we work on ourselves first, on being humble, gentle, patient, loving, reflecting the true character of Christ, then we will know what real love is. And bearing with one another will come out of love and not because I have to. According to the Webster's Dictionary, unity is the state of being one, oneness, whatever we can consider as one thing suggests to the understanding the idea of unity, oneness. And Paul knew what this oneness was. He repeated it seven times in verses four to six. There is one body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. As believers, we are part of this one body of Christ. As believers, we've been given this one Holy Spirit who unites us all. We have one hope, a hope of spending eternity with our Savior. There's only one Lord and we all submit to our one Lord Jesus Christ. One faith, one faith in Jesus, the one who saves. There's one form of baptism, water baptism by immersion, not one way of baptism for the Jews, not one way of baptism for the Gentiles, but there's only one baptism for all, an expression of this faith we have in Christ and of obedience. And there is only one God, there is no other. Oneness, unity, all these ones unite us as believers. God intended for us to have unity, and if he intended for us to have it, why would we want to break it? But instead, let's build each other up. We all know that going through tough times alone can be difficult, facing cancer, dealing with anxiety, hurting from a broken relationship. Whatever issues we face, knowing that others are there to comfort and help us is a tremendous encouragement. But we need to build from the bottom up. As you know, I'm not a construction worker and I don't build houses, 
Um, but I do know that you need to build a firm foundation before erecting the walls and adding the roof and everything else that's in between. If you don't have that foundation, you won't be able to build a strong structure. One good storm and it will come all crashing down. As believers, we need a firm foundation ourselves. We need to be trained, equipped, built up into a strong community of believers. We need God's word. We need to understand it. We need to be pointed to the truth of the gospel. We need to recognize false doctrine. And God has given us spiritual leaders in our church. God has called certain individuals to lead in these ways. Spiritual leaders that equip us, train us, teach us, mentor us, pray for us. Spiritual leaders who are given to us by God who take time for us and put others first. Leaders who want to share the good news of Jesus with us. Their ministry work is to equip us for the work of ministry. They train us to serve God and to serve others. They train us to build up the body of Christ. And now with all this construction going on, the house is built. In Ephesians 2, we read that Jesus himself is the cornerstone. Jesus is the foundation. He is the most important part of the building of his church. And we as members of the household of God are built on this foundation. Not only is Christ referred to as the cornerstone, but we see in verse 15, he's also the head of the church. Christ is the head of the church and we are the body of Christ. And we know what it's like if one part of our physical body hurts, the rest of our body suffers. When my knees start to act up and with arthritis and then I sit down and I don't wanna do anything, then what happens is my back starts to hurt and then it, and prevents me from doing other things and then basically I'm a mess. And so it is with the body of Christ. When one person is weak, the others suffer. When one person selfishly takes the steering wheel and heads in a different direction than the others, problems arise and there's a mess. As we mature as Christians, we grow and mature in our faith, in the knowledge of the Son of God and come to an understanding of the fullness of Christ. The fullness of Christ, it's what God intended, unity, and maturity that comes from fully following Jesus Christ. A church that's growing, flourishing, speaking the truth and love, a church that's in the likeness of Christ. But in order for the church to grow and flourish and build itself up in love, each member of the body of Christ needs to work together. And we need to remember unity is oneness. As one body, as one healthy body, we are to work together in unity. By the grace, by his grace, we are to speak the truth in love to each other. We are to speak the truth in love even to those who don't know Christ by sharing the truth of the gospel with them. So again, let's think, are we doing our part? Are we studying? Are we growing, maturing in our knowledge of God's word? Do we desire to walk and serve alongside others in unity? Maybe there's someone here that's not feeling that they're part of the body of Christ. You feel like you're going the opposite direction and can't get on the, the same track. Let me encourage you 
to allow yourself to grow, to study God's word and to allow yourself to be equipped by others. And by his grace through faith, if you believe in him, you too can experience the fullness of Christ. Let's thank the Lord for our church, for our church family, for the leaders he has given us, for our pastors, our elders, our teachers, the teachers at Mac, Kids Church, Adult Ministries. We're not perfect, we're far from it. But by God's grace and by his power, we can do it. We can walk together as a church body committed to growing and serving, unified in Christ, building each other up, not only in love, but with peace. And in this, we will be glorifying God and displaying his love to an unbelieving world. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word, which teaches us how to walk. Forgive us for the many times that we have not walked in a manner worthy of the calling to which you we have been called, but with all humility and gentleness and patience. Forgive us for the many times we've looked down on someone for when we've wanted our own ways. Forgive us when we don't walk or speak with all gentleness, when we're rough or snappy. Forgive us when we lose our patience for when we want things to be done our way. Forgive us when we're not just not bearing with one another. Lord, we ask that you create in us a humble and gentle heart and filled with patience. Lord, we need your help. We realize we can't do any of this on our own strength. It's only by your power. And so we also pray for our church, Lord, for our church family, for our church leadership, for our pastors, for our teachers, that you would grant them strength and wisdom as they spend time in studying, in preparation, in prayer, and as they go forth with your word, sharing, teaching, and instructing. May we all hold fast to your word, eager to grow in grace, growing together as a church family in love and peace, not tearing each other down. May we remain confident in and steadfast to the truths of your word, and may your love abound in us because you first loved us. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.